everyone and welcome to another episode of working smart and living well i got someone to sit with me that all of you have been asking to actually join us on the couch one of my favorite people but you know i tell you all the time same i tell you all same. the time like the love is 100 literally i just I'm always just in awe of you. I'm like, this girl has no idea who she is or what she's doing <laughs> because I think you are so exceptional at what you do. And I think the last time we spoke, I said to you, I don't think you even need to worry about accolades locally because the level at which you run your business and your life is global, you know, and, and, and that's not to undermine the local, but it's to say, you know, your, your, your standard and your benchmark is very high. And I think you don't recognize it because it's natural for you, right? You want to do things, yeah, right? You want to do things and you want to do them well. You just mentioned your dad. Is your dad like that? He is 100% like that. When I was like, we'd wake up and be like, you know, like, let's sleep outside because the tree is there. And then I'd be sleeping and he'd come and be like, this is not how you hold your broom. Everything really? that you do, you must do with intention. Wow. My sister once broke her teeth and my dad was, and then she was like, it was a mistake. And then she was like, there's, he was like, there's no such thing as a mistake. You need to understand why you made that mistake. You weren't looking when you walk. I don't want kids that don't look where they're walking. So it's just like we've always grown up. That like is that. crazy. You know, but insane. it also explains a lot because I think you, you really undermine how excellent you are. In a way, it's good because I don't think you then obsess yeah. about excellence, but it's such a natural way that you, you, you do things and the way that you exist. I really love it. I'm always in awe of it. So you were, you went to school, you went to varsity, you were uh, trained as a town planner, if I'm not mistaken. Did you ever work? Yes, I did. I, stu I studied urban and regional planning. It took me five years to finish an honours degree. And then I worked for about five years. So a 10-year career in town planning. Yeah. So they call it town planning generally. Um, but we studied a course called, I mean, a degree called urban and regional planning. Okay. Mm. So you've lived in both worlds. You've yes. been in corporate. You're an yes. entrepreneur. Yes. What's your story? How do you feel about Ooh. both spaces? Tell me about <laughs> what your experience was like in both spaces. Okay, so in varsity, we got trained in theory. Mm -hmm. So I think it made me a thinker. I'm a vivid thinker. I, I know I can see like the next six months vividly. Yeah. And then I literally live according to those steps to get to that vision, you know. So um, I think theory makes you understand things to uh, like a very, very basic level. Like when I read a textbook and I read a, a scholarly book, mm. I get a different experience from like conversations or like um, a storybook. Because I feel like in those books or like in conversations, people assume that you understand the concepts. Yeah. But with books, they actually explain it to you so basically that you can actually build yourself from what you've read. Mm. So I feel like with what I studied at school, it geared me up yeah. for the entrepreneurial world. So I, like everything I do, if I don't understand the genesis of it. I can't go forward because I can't create the vivid. You get frustrated. Yes, I get, get frustrated. frustrated. I can't, and it gives me anxiety. So, for example, when I uh, learned how to drive, I didn't, they'd say, clutch balance. And because I couldn't visualize it, I couldn't do it. Like, I'd do it, but I mean, it was just guessing. And then I, I went, had a big fight with the person who was teaching me. I was like, that thing is not going to work. Because they assume that you understand. <laughs> I was like, that thing is not going to work. And, and they were like, just do it. And, and I was they, like, they oh, say, just do it. Okay. And I was like, also, they assume that guys, like guys, their, their parents like teach them from when they were younger. Like yeah. With us, we weren't taught how to drive before driving school with me, like girls mostly. So um, I went, I changed driving schools and I went to a driving school that starts in like a class situation. So they really? explained to me how a car engine works 
and like when you press the clutch what happens what releases they show videos of like when you press a clutch listen when i drove i passed like because i could like sort of visually imagine yes so like my life is like that so then i worked i started working i was like my boss's favorite like when <laughs> i left he cried like i remember he said in the office why can't all of you be like sino because i literally joined and like he do a lot of things and then we just have to finish it all mm. and i can't work like that so i was like i want to start it from its genesis like mm. i said and finish it off so i went from doing the quote for the client to go to i'd go to the client's house and have coffee with them or whatever have a glass of wine i'm very confident so i know like i'm not going to be scared to have a glass of wine with the client mm. so and then we'd um go on to uh, going to a site to do the assessment of the site and then i'd draw up like a plan of how we're going to do it like for example we did a um, um old age home yeah so i'd check the plans i help find so i used my own um so i'd google and find my own um because as a town planner you do a turnkey so you find different professionals like a geo um a person who does the geotech someone who does environmental study someone who does a civil engineer so all the people that are needed to make a development happen mm. um so i'd like they'd find my own create relationships with all of them and then put them in the turnkey and then finish it it'll take 2 years for a project or however long to get the rights on the yeah. land so i think he appreciated the fact that i wanted to start things from scratch throughout and he didn't need, i wasn't i didn't need micromanagement yes. but then i wa- i wanted not to be micromanaged but i did it for myself and he didn't have to coerce me to to go a step further so yes. i always just do more than what's necessary yeah so then i so after that i left eastland because i just felt like a small town was just too simple mm. and i wanted like the fast life go to the nike run and do like urban living you know mm. and then i never found an opportunity like that again all the opportunities that i had in joburg were limiting because you tick a box in one big company i worked for old uh, old mutual owned um um mall called the zone i'm sure you know it in rosebank mm. and i just dealt with um leases and negotiating with tenants and all of that stuff and i just felt like i just not negotiating but like yeah executing the leases and all of that and i just felt like i couldn't explore yeah. i was always limited i was always hungry for more and you just can't mm. and i also just looked at the tra- trajectory and i saw that all the fund managers were like um 40 50 60 years old and i was 24 at the time or 25 and i thought okay so 60 minus 25 how long is it going to take me to do something valuable yeah. then i was like Mm-mm, i can't do this and also like there were also the more managers there were also 50 60 and it's like, okay cool there's no growth here mm. so then um i had a nice opportunity i feel like when you want something god sort of conspires and the universe conspires for you to get it so i remember i prayed and prayed and prayed for passion and a way forward mm. so um i started working for a lady and she coincidentally didn't pay for my salary i mean didn't pay my salary or she'd always have excuses then i was like okay if this is not a sign then i'll never get another way out i was already doing content creation at the time So, and I got a one year contract um from Unilever and then I was like okay cool my Oh I remember oh that's how it came yes. but let's go back a little bit how did you get into content creation like what what sparked that for you Okay so actually this is the 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 life intertwines or it overlaps So what happened was because I'm so passionate and I was so starved of knowledge not knowledge but the ability to extend myself yes. mentally I then found different avenues to ex- like to to ex- to extend my my existence or my mind or yes. whatever. Um so I had cut my hair. It was trending, cutting your hair was trending. I didn't do it because I had an awakening. It was just cuz oh, okay, I can do it cuz people are doing it now. Mm. So I was a sheep as mo- most of us humans are and, and then, you followed. And I followed. 
So I cut my hair and it was the worst experience ever. My scalp was dry. Really? Yeah, I remember I'd scratch my scalp to a point where sometimes I'd bleed, you know? Because, like, I mean, it's not hydrated. It's not moisturized. Um, I didn't know at the time. So then I Google how to take care of it. And then uh, there was, like, one player in locally. And then most of the information I was most of the information I was getting was from America mm. and the UK a little bit the Nigerians living in the UK. So um, I started buying stuff because the products weren't really there. So you'd have to find raw raw ingredients and then sort of mix your own thing. But I remember even something that came full circle now when I was creating my own products, the ingredients wouldn't bind. Mm. So it's like it you're mixing in your kitchen, but you're not getting what. You, you need but I guess it's better than nothing so I was using coconut oil I was using olive oil I was using all these ingredients on my hair and it just wasn't working so I think now documenting that journey of trying to get to a point like where ah. I'm happy with what my hair looks like and also hair is, is so tied to our um, self-esteem yes so I remember when I just cut it I was still in Isandin at the previous job and I'd wear a hat to work really? and then every time I'd be like guys I'm gonna show you my hair like it's hectic and then I take it off. Yo, they just laugh. The guys at the office would just laugh. Like, no, yeah. like it looks terrible, you know? And like I wore the hat for three weeks because then I started get growing some hair. And you know, length is always associated with beauty. beauty. So at least I had like half a centimeter and then I started wearing up fully like at one, two, one and a half centimeters. And then even then I'd blow dry it because I didn't want the kink. Yeah. So I wanted to be, at least if it's blow dried, it looks straight, it looks familiar. Mm. Um, and then that's when I moved to Joburg. Then in Joburg, I wore wigs, and I remember I had a, a stage where I had dukes, like I, not dukes, like, I'm at, like, you know, like, Turbans. when you go, it's a duke, but like, you know, when you go to an event, like, Muchato, yeah. you wear like a big one. Yes. So I had like 10, of, I still have them, I don't wear them. I had like 10 of them, and people thought it was like a style thing, but I was literally hiding because I hated the hair. Wow. And I thought, what a limit, you know, get my mind will chase. So I was like, <laughs> what a limiting way to live life. Like, we have no clue how to express ourselves in our most natural state. So the conversation built from just trying to moisturize the hair to it became like scholarly like yeah. okay what is the fundamental issue here but it's so What's weird like when you explain this whole concept of how you thrive when you understand the granular existence of anything 100%. it starts to explain a lot of how you do things oh. because even how you did the youtube thing you're like okay because this is how i would get information I'm going to yes. give it to people this way. I'm going to explain yes. the fundamentals. But yes. also, I think what has been powerful enough, I think I've told any, everyone who has spoken to me about studying a product that is in the hair space, because I'm the typical uh, consumer who has no clue, and the reason I don't move is because I have no clue. So the minute you come to me and you tell me, cut your hair, do this, I'm like, then what's going to happen? Because no I also need to understand to that, you, you know, I, and I think that's the reason fundamentally, in a way, entrepreneurship works for me because I get to explore things from the basic and then build it up. I couldn't be part of, and, and, and it's so funny because even in how I think about people that I, I work with, that's a, that's a blind spot, right? I think everyone Definitely. functions like that, but there are people who just want to do yeah, what they, they need are. to do. But yeah. for me, I just want to know everything. It's actually one of the reasons I left my job because I was just like, Definitely. there's no way. I don't want to exist in this space mm. only. I want to know what the decision mm. makers are talking mm. about. I want to know how this business runs and I want to know how you, yeah, I want to know how you build this thing and how do you make money and how does it work and what does it move? How do you make decisions? I always had a curious mind like that. When you think about the two environments for you, entrepreneurship and having um, a job, where do you think you thrive the most? 
definitely entrepreneurship because it fulfills me more. And mm. I think I've been able to, um, like we spoke about the first time I was on the Gender Woman platform, uh, passion before uh, profit. Mm. So I do understand that as for Nike, I mean, Adidas, Puma, I just recently found out the the founder of Puma and the founder of Adidas are brothers. Yes. I do yes. believe that. Did um, you post that? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I, I, I saw do believe it. that money comes from, like, Money will be generated in families. Usually wealthy people are in the same families or close group of Or families. even circles. Mm, circles, yeah. Because you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. True. So I do feel like in actually touching to that in entrepreneurship, I'm surrounded by people that invigorate me, mm. people that get me thinking, people that stretch my mind. In, um, in the working space, I, re I remember I used to get very like exhausted because the people were doing bare minimum. And I remember I went on a site visit with a group. I usually would go with just my boss and we'd push each other. So now it got to a point where he was too busy. So I went with my colleagues and I'd always feel like the project wasn't executed to its like ultimate level because yeah. they just wanted to, oh my gosh, let's go drink or no, now it's time up. Like, oh, drive slower so that the project takes more time so that you don't have mm. to do more. And I always felt unfulfilled when I came back. Yeah. But with entrepreneurs, everyone's trying to, it's like, I know it's a hustling mentality, yeah. but everyone is trying to get more money. Mm. So the more money, but if you don't it's have It's more like before, we're, we're, before we're the... all trying to find solutions. Yes. And I think, and I think that's fundamentally what you want to yeah. say. Yeah. We're always thinking about how do I find a solution for, to this problem? No, and in entrepreneurship, there's a problem every day. Every day. Every single every day, day there's a problem. And mm. I think there are people who just have the personality that where they like being challenged mm. consistently. Consistently. And uh, they are not pressed when they're challenged. In 100%. actual fact, they thrive when there's 100%. a challenge in figuring out how to solve that. What has entrepreneurship taught you about yourself? It's taught me that you never really know who you fully are. Mm. And I think, obviously, it's always developing. You always should be in pursuit of knowing who you are. But I mean, I'm completely different from who I was last year. Yeah. I'm completely different from the person I, from last year to the year before. And even collectively, those two years, have some things have got, uh, are layers, some things are more compounded, some things are more complex. So I just think you, it makes me explore who I am more. Mm. And through exploring who I am more and more each day, I just, I'm, too ex I'm so expansive. I'm so, I've got so many layers. I'm so intricate. I'm so, and actually, um, black women's relationship with their hair is just as complex. It's yes. just as intricate. So for me, those two elements then drive each other. Because yeah. if I'm constantly trying, hair presents challenges every day. Uh, women's uh, self-esteem tied to hair, black hair, and accepting it is so challenging that it gives me something new every day to explore. Yeah. So I feel like other elements, like I, it could have been anything, right? Because I am a passionate person in general, but it had to be hair because it's so complex. Mm. I feel like other, maybe other other topics would have been more limiting. Obviously, mm. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like hair is the perfect one for me because it also intertwines with my childhood. It intertwines with my sisters. I've got five sisters. We've always been doing each other's hair. So it just is the perfect match for who I am and where I come from and where I'm going, I feel. Yeah. Mm. Do you think you're living on your purpose? Definitely. I'm at peace. I can see um, it. Thank you. And it's such a thing. It's a thing that I prayed for. I remember sitting in my apartment in Randburg and I was so miserable. And I was like, I'm just floating. And I was like, God, please give me a purpose. I remember eventually I decided, okay, it's probably going to be my kids because I've seen how parents, mother, mother's mother specifically. Um, and then I thought, okay, that's so... I love how you're technical about emotional <laughs> things. I'm just like, no. Really? We don't look at people really? like, oh, they look happy. Is it the kids? Okay, then maybe do the kids for me, you know? Wow. I think you're very... I, I think it is about that, that concept of... I think if you had to write a book, you would start with the content page and then write small notes under each of the topics before Definitely. you actually start to expand on the story. Definitely. So I think it's that way of your mind working like that, where 
you're focused on what is the solution? Okay, so what's the experience? What is people doing and, and all of that? But I, I mean, of course, life happens very differently. And the beauty for me with entrepreneurship is it gives you both perspectives. Definitely. You understand how structure works, but there's so many emotions no, in entrepreneurship. So many emotions. So many emotions. Like I heard you say, um, you said something, and then you said we're constantly looking for solutions. Mm. And that sound, it sounds so good, but it can be so miserable. Yes. It can be the most miserable thing. And even after, you're like, I'm glad it's done, but that's not always an elated feeling. Yes. So I think for me, there's a lot of downtime. In the, during the year, I get a lot more emotionally downtime than um, peaks. Yeah, than peaks, definitely. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it's bad. Yes. I think it's positive downtime. Yes. There's, there's a difference between being aimless and hopeless like I was in my apartment in Randburg and, and hard times that are purposeful. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So in my apartment in Randburg, I used to pray, I need passion, I need passion, I probably could be kids. And I didn't know that God would give it to me through hair. Yeah. But like you said, I remember I heard you speaking, the, the clues are always there. Yeah. Yeah, but we're not in tune enough. So I think the more in tune with everything, I don't want to say universe, universe, I feel like you sort of dumb down the God's hand yeah. in it. So I feel like the hints are always there. I don't, I don't want to say you're not listening enough because sometimes even if you listen, you will never see it. Yeah. So it's just a timing thing as yeah. well. And it's all the things that interplay and intertwine. Um, that you have to trust sometimes, mm. even when it doesn't make sense. And you're just like, Faith. Why, why am I doing this? You mm. know, because I can imagine you're, you're creating all these videos and of course you're getting the adrenaline rush of yes. maybe the views, right? Yes. The views that the keep views, you going creating. and the creating mm. and... You know, the, the conversations the and is, exactly. And dopamine keeps us going. Like they say, if you're feeling down or even like every day, your habits, wake up and open the curtains, shower. Every time you open the curtains, you get dopamine. When you make your bed, you get dopamine. When you shower, apparently this is, that's one of the great, and, and I know. Yes, I, I know it's also. Yes, you get mm. so much dopamine. So I think maybe it, this sounds a bit negative, but I strive with dopamine. Dopamine yeah. keeps me going. So even that constantly looking for solutions, that's constant dopamine. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they are depressed, they lack do dopamine yes. and serotonin. Yeah. So I think this gives me a lot of dopamine and serotonin. And that's why I'm happy, because serotonin makes you happy. Yeah. I was actually watching a video this morning of how, what vitamins to take and supplements to take, because um, the older you get, like our hormones affect us more mm. around our cycle. Mm. And then they, like um, iron, um, magnesium helps us regulate our serotonin. Because I think uh, there's... Um, there's different three different phases during our period, and in the yes. in the phase just before our period, that's when you your because you have lower I think iron in your system. Not not for everyone, but get that particular lady. She has lower. She generally has suffers from low iron, but she has lower iron in that uh, in that time and. More, the, um, a balanced level of iron in your body regulates your serotonin. Mm. So if you have less iron, then your serotonin isn't functioning as it should. So then you, you're more down. Yeah. So you can get uh, supplements and, and, and vitamins. That's definitely so that. true because I know before my cycle, I will at times have... It's, it's PMS, mm. essentially. Mm. I will have moments where I'm just like, why am I feeling down? Why mm. am I so sluggish? Why mm. am I so tired? It's so funny. I had another guest that we, we actually spoke to uh, about exactly mm. that. So... You're creating content, um, you're getting engagement, um, you're trying to find the solution to your hair whilst you're trying to figure out also what um, to do at work. When do you get to a point where you say, okay, I'm not going to pursue this work story anymore. I'm just going to figure out how to... I don't even know if you thought you would be able to build something here or what was that decision in terms of completely being out of uh, the workforce? 
So for me, um, in the when I thought content creation, I could see a more vivid uh, picture of my future. So I could see six months ahead. I could see a year ahead. And in, in my nine to five situation, I couldn't see a six months ahead where I was happy. Because mm. it was like, I'm how many geotechnical studies am I going to find geotechs to do? Yeah. How many um, civil engineering drawings am I going to see? How many traffic studies am I going to see? They're all the same logic, you know? There's never a new element. I'm not challenged, you mm. know? And then when that lady, first, she first paid half of my salary, and then the second month she didn't pay my salary at all, then I was like, I literally I was at the, at the office, and then I said, I'm going to lunch. And then when I went to lunch, I emailed that I'm not coming back. Then I said, it's a breach of contract, and I sent all the elements. My salary hasn't been paid, and I was done like that. But I... I don't think it was a negative way to leave, but it came in that moment. And I'd been communicating with her prior to that, and she just wasn't hearing me. Mm. And then when I got home, I'm like, okay. So I've been creating once a week on Saturdays when there's light, because my page is just like, I don't take pictures at night. So because I, I think it brings that serotonin again. Mm. So, um, so I was like, I'm creating once a week on Saturdays and Sundays, maybe. Um, if I create every day, the, the uh, atomic habits. So the... So daily work doesn't add up, it compounds. Yeah. So I started doing that. I started creating every single day. I put, uh, everyone I'd advise wants to be a content creator, post every single day. Mm. It's visibility, it's top of mind. At the time, I wasn't doing visibility on top of mind because I didn't have my own brand yet, but I didn't know that I was doing that already. I remember my older sister was like, why are you always posting selfies of yourself? That's so vain, you know? Mm. And then I knew somehow that helps me get work. But I didn't get what the logic was at the time. Yes. Um, but it also, also, I had that new rejuvenation of just leaving my 9 to 5. Um, I went home, actually, in April 2019 to tell my dad about it. And I'd already made my dad satin pillowcases. I made satin pillowcases for myself. Then I made for my, my, my dad and mom. And then um, they loved them so much. They still use them. The same ones to this day at home. Wow. So for me, that was validation. My dad asked me, what are you going to do? And because I could explain it to him from the basic to what's possible in the future. It was never this. It was mm. much less than what's happened now. But he said, okay, I trust that decision. So I came back. Um, I actually left the job a week after I'd come back from East London. I think it was his 60th birthday. Oh, it was my mom's 60th birthday. I came back and I felt I had a go-ahead from my dad. I had a go-ahead from my own mind. My heart had a go-ahead. And I could see a more clear future. Mm. If I can't see what's going to happen in the next six months or five years, then I can't go forward. I, then I get depressed and yes stuck. yes yeah. i don't want to use the, the word depression loosely but i get very sad yeah yeah i mean even depression is a spectrum mm. right mm. and it's so important that we allow people the space to define their feelings mm. within the spectrum of course we understand there are extreme versions mm. of uh, depression but there are mild versions of depression okay. and i think a lot of people struggle with that you know mental health is is quite a big thing i think everyone, almost everyone struggles with some level of anxiety, mm. right? I think when you're just an adult navigating life, trying to figure out even basic things like just paying your bills and the mm. anxiety that comes mm. from, you know, not knowing where your next paycheck is going to come from. If you're a content creator or you're on social media or you're an entrepreneur, that's at the early stages of entrepreneurship. That is a real conversation that's a reality for a lot of people i know you spoke uh, you spoke a little bit to me about those phases of uh, downtime or you know depression and how they shaped how you've uh, you run your business i thought that was extremely powerful sinovoya because number one it takes courage to say i'm going to build a business that's going to sustain me but it's not going to kill me 100%. how did you come to that decision and i want you to tell the story maybe from 
your your personal experience of you know how you got to a space where you felt like i'm stuck and i don't know what's going on and when you eventually got to the space where you said i'm going to start doing dukes right and this is how i'm going to do them i know sometimes it's not linear but whatever you can share about that experience in hindsight it's actually it's yeah here it's not it's not linear okay so i was chasing 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 the passion that i was praying for chasing the serotonin and this uh, dopamine and then I got to a point where I got it and it was overload. So that's when the breakdown happened. So I'll start where the business starts, right? I sell, I sell satin pillowcases. Now I'm doing visibility, promoting, promoting. At the time I was selling like five pillowcases in two months. And for me, that was fulfilling. It was enough for the time. And then I kept on posting, posting more. It was 250 at the, at the time because I don't have that. I don't have, mm, I, don't, I don't have retainers or accountants, nothing. So then I keep going, I keep going. And then I remember at the time I was like, I don't want to do dukes. And then there's a lady called the Tembi Mantrosha. She was like, why don't you want to do dogs? Explore that. And she made, she made me tap into who I actually am. And then I actually explored why I didn't want to do dogs. And I didn't like the narrative behind why, not why a black woman wears a dog, but how she wears it and how, mm. who she is in a dog. Angry black woman, ghetto, like all of those things, the stereotypes. Then she was like, why don't you challenge the stereotype? We had this conversation in my comment section. And then she's like, why don't you challenge that stereotype? And I was like, how do I challenge it? Then I went and I did my homework. Then I was like, okay. I then have to communicate why actually black women wear dogs mm. and what it does for them and the, the heritage of it all and i can then own that story and, and recreate it because i hate the one that exists yeah um and then i did it and then i thought about okay how do i how do i change this narrative so i was like okay we modernize dogs we create some material that you want to see that's visually um stimulating and aesthetic uh, my design i see a lot of people copying my design and they don't even know why it was done like that mm. they don't know what the reason behind each centimeter or how why is there a flap and all of that so anyway so i the dog was me um coming out of a naive mindset and the tempe really pushed me to explore that and then now the dog took off like i remember when i bought um but I, I think there's a story behind that but that's for a conversation for another day why it took off and the connection to the black woman and her relationship with the hair connection to my experience with my hair in the beginning mm. it's a lot and the heritage part i think the heritage part is the biggest part so anyway so i bought material for 1400 at the time and i made i'm not going to say how many dogs i made because they're going to know my percentage <laughs> but i mean i made a few dogs and i was doing it via email at the time and i got like over a thousand emails yeah and i was like hmm? and then i remember then with each email i'd have to so this is when the, 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 what you're talking about started. With each email, I had to then send them a picture of what the colors we had. I didn't even realize that I didn't have pictures of the colors. So by luck, I had like a picture where I took a, I took a picture at the shop. Yeah. So I was using that picture. Okay, which color would you like? And the person would choose. Then after that, I'd have to manually do an invoice for each person. Then I remember it took me like two weeks to go through a thousand emails sending each person. And then the conversion rate was about 40%. So I only was able because of how long it took. Yeah. So literally the next day, I, um, I wrote on Instagram. Actually, that really helped me. Guys, I can't process these things. I'm sad. I'm depressed. It was 4 a.m. I'm still doing this thing. I don't even know how to work Excel. And I know in my CVs, I'd say excellent in Excel. I forgot. <laughs> You're not doing it every day. Yeah, you forget. I don't know how to create formulas. I remember a friend of mine, Umati, we went, um, I went to a place and she created formulas for me because she was using Excel at, at work. Um, and then she created formulas to help me um, process these orders better. And then eventually, after I'd satisfied that 40%, um, I was like, okay, no, I need better solutions. So I, uh, a lady named Usitle, on instagram said you need a website 
and she already had a website but i don't know if when you don't know what you're even looking for you don't know what to pick up yeah so asking questions helps there because yeah. you get answered for a thing that's obviously maybe obviously there but you're not picking it up yeah so then she told me to uh, start a website so i started using a website south african local website literally created it that night the next day it was running so i announced guys no more emails please order here and then then when i was fulfilling the orders literally there'd be like a wheel they call it a wheel of death yes so like it just goes yes and then i thought okay so if i'm packing a thousand orders right um how okay maybe at the time 400 i mean four thousand man 40 percent of a thousand whatever um 400 um orders if it takes me five minutes to fulfill each order it's going to take me four weeks to deliver to each client. Mm. Okay, so now I have to lessen the amount of time that I take to fulfill an order. So I googled, oh, my partner told me at the time, the fastest um, website built for entrepreneurs like you guys is Shopify. Yes. So then I, that's when I joined Shopify. And the fulfillment times reduced. So that's when I started getting really, I didn't even know what it was. I remember my partner said, you need, so that was the first year. Amazing. So the first, so a product has a 10 year span. The first year you get, you get your highest profit before year five because you don't have expenses. Mm. So your only expense is um, buying the material. You take your profit. The demand is already higher by the time you've done the first profit run. So let's say it takes you a day to turn over the profit. Mm. So that profit already your, the second day your demand is higher because people have seen more on Instagram. Yeah. So then you buy using all your profit to acquire more material. People always think that you're making profits and you're going to save, but you're not stocking up the same as last time. Yes. So that's why they never understand why entrepreneurs never have a lot of money. Mm. Well, it's different for everyone. For me, yes. it was like that. So um, then I started doing this thing. So I was still all over the place trying to figure out each day. And then the second year, my partner was like, okay, you've enjoyed yourself. You've had a lot of profit because there was no expenses, but now you need systems and systems cost money. So he was like, you need a, a bookkeeper. You need an accountant. You need um, someone to pack orders. You need someone, people that can help you run and tech that can help you run. So the second year of the um, product life cycle or just the, the, the whole thing, I concentrated on building systems. Mm. So when I started building the systems, I understood why b businesses fail. So without systems, you cannot create a 20-year sustainable business. Mm. Systems include, main system is for us in South Africa, SARS. In America, it's the IRS or whatever it is. I'm, I'm not too clued up. But I realized, okay, he had monthly reports. And I remember seeing this thing. I'm like, oh my, he always knew what was happening in his business. I never understood. I thought he was just so smart. Yeah. Know? And then the one time he was sitting at the table with both working and I see this beautiful document like that t tells him how much money he spent, what went out, what came in, what are the different sources of revenue. I was like, why don't you do this for me? He's like, I can't do it. You need a professional and you need to pay for it. Yeah. I was like, I need to pay for it. What do you mean? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, just contact my accountant. So I sent him, you know. Yeah. So I sent him an email. I was like, I don't know what's going on in my business. And if all the money that I, comes in, I go buy stock. And I, sometimes I get tired. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of spending on the business. Let me spend on myself. Yes. But I have no clue what's happening. And if you have no clue what's happening, like we said, there's a lot of confusion and sadness and depression that comes from not knowing. Yes. You don't know what's happening with your future. You don't know how to take care of your head. It's frustrating. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's happening in your relationship. It's all yeah. around. You don't know how to take care of your plant and it's dying and you don't know what to do. So knowing mm. what you're doing and what's happening in your business helps you grow your business. So okay, I remember I had a meeting with him and he had to, I remember I couldn't believe it, it cost me 144000 to fix and make my business make sense. Yeah. So when I was in my 95, I did my own taxes, right? So I started my business. I Luckily, it had only been a year. So he didn't have too much to fix. But because of the high revenue that had come in and when I released the ducks, mm. um, it, it takes time to go through the line items. Yes. Right? So it was going to take time for them. And I think we don't appreciate 
professionalism because we don't appreciate how much time it takes for that professional to process things. Mm. So, for example, if I'm ch charging like now three forty nine for a dock, people are like, "Yo, so expensive!" They don't get that fifteen percent of that goes, goes to, to that. that. And then after that, after I declare my profits, 28% of that goes Good. to tax. Yep. And then obviously it's your declared profit and all of that. But I didn't get those things at the time. Mm. At the time I was just going, going, going. So he said, okay, so already you've qualified for that. So we also have to register for that. So it was a lot. So they did all that streamlining. Then eventually I got my first monthly management account. Mm. I almost like I had a, a like a, an ex not an existential, but like an out outer body experience. I was like, wow, yeah. I'm so confused, but this has just cleared my confusion. Yeah, and it helps you make better decisions, yes, right? It helps yes. you make better decisions around where you need to be focusing your energy, what you need to yes. be thinking about, how to Str run strategy, your business, strategy. right? I, I, I always say in, in, in the most basic terms, Financial documents help you make decisions. 100%. Literally, even your own personal budget 100%. helps you make decisions. But when you're doing your own budget, you don't even understand half of the time what you're doing. Mm. So you would put, I used to put all the income that I made and how much I was spending, but I didn't know what the, like the car, I didn't know what the mechanics were. Yes. Why am I doing it? What, did, what information is it feeding? But fast forward, so I started doing that process. It takes about a year. It took me about a year just to get in tune with the cycles, the monthly cycle, the quarterly cycle, the Provisional tax. Yes, yes. All of this every two yes, months. Yes. My gosh. I remember my partner's my partner's mom sent me a link to a group on Facebook called South Eastern Cape Entrepreneurs Under Thirty or Under Forty or something, and then they said over ninety or ninety five percent of black businesses fail because of tax mm. and SARS mm. in general. And I was like, I it's get, a lot of I money. Get why. It's a lot of money. I get it, but you know why it took me so long? I'd ask my friends and I'd ask like random people. I don't even know where. I think I once posted on Twitter that, oh my God, like this is so stressful. And the one guy said, why is it so stressful? It's so simple. And it's, at the time, and then the one person, and then the other person would say so much and I'd be like, am I dumb? Why does this not, not make sense? Yeah. Then when I finally spoke to the professionals, I realized no one knows. People are telling you information that people are lying, yes. but they don't know that they're lying. Yes. They don't know why they think it's they know. It's regurgitated social media snippets of information. I don't even think it's just social media. I don't know what it is that misinforms us so much, and we continue with this cycle of misinformation. So I remember, like recently, someone said, um, they said they make so much, and then they were like, "But you don't need." To. Then I was complaining about that and the cycles of that, and then he was like, "But you don't need to do that." Then I realized, oh, he lied, and he's just like because I know. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, at the time, I was just acquiring professional information. Data. Yeah. Before, I, it was just um, it was just the process. But so take me back. The process that's not guided by knowledge. Yeah. Take me back to what, how you make the decision to go from content creation to creating your first product. Okay. So, okay. It goes back to that car thing or that no one take to know the genesis. So I was creating um, pictures. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, okay, people are asking more questions. Let me use the questions to create videos because the videos might answer the questions. Then now more questions come up. People will never get satisfied. They'll ask more and more questions. So now you have to have a limit. But um, the, videos went on, the videos were short form content. It was a minute on Instagram at the time. And then I found a different, I didn't even know about YouTube before. I found a different platform called YouTube that allowed longer form videos. So I was like, okay, the questions that aren't being answered by the snippets on the one minute video will be answered by longer form content. Then I realized, okay, the longer form content on, on YouTube there's still a part that it doesn't satisfy. And then I realized through just self-introspection as always, I realized, okay, you can teach someone, you can give someone fish or you can teach them how to fish. So I was like, okay, the next point is to teach people how to fish. So teach them how to do their hair so that they can go home and empower themselves. Because when you're just giving them snippets on Instagram, they don't, they're not retaining the information. 
they're watching you for entertainment and they're only retaining, let's say, I can't even give it a percentage, a little bit at a time. So they need to watch 20 videos before they grasp one aspect. So grasping hairline and traction alopecia will take you 20 videos or grasping how to wash the hair and the fact that scalp is more important than just washing the hair will take another 20 videos. I'll create forever. Yeah. So I'll, forever, I'll get finished. Like I'll be consumed forever. So I then started doing master classes. Bless you. I started doing master classes where then I'd teach. I wouldn't teach. I was the median or the middleman. Then I'd hire professionals that knew. Not hire, but I mean, I'd ask professionals to help. And then we'd host at their salons and then they'd get sales for their products or whatever people ah, returning okay. customers so that we'd show them how to take care of hair so how that's how the master class started and then i got gifted with satin pillowcases and then i realized oh i didn't use them for a long time then eventually i started but it was just at the point of not knowing i was just using it i didn't google it nothing i didn't research and then i realized geez i wake up like it didn't even wasn't instant like after like a month i was like why is my hair so moisturized and then, like, be much better than before. I thought maybe it's my products that I'm using. But I've been using these products forever. Yeah. But they weren't making this much of a difference before. And then through that introspection, I realized, geez, this it's thing. When I wake up, I don't have lines on my face. My face is not dry. But then the pillowcases were so cheap looking. And, like, they were slipping off the pillow. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to make the best version of this thing. And that's the one thing that transformed my hair journey the most. It basically, when you sleep on a satin pillowcase, you wake up with 50% less to do because your it's your moisture from yesterday is retained in your hair. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to make amazing ones. like Not like that, but like, for example, I made the flap inside longer so that the pillow doesn't slip out. I used, people buy a meter of satin for 30 rand. I was spending over, like over 100 rand for a meter because it's better quality. Mm. It's imported satin. So then um, from the best place in the world that makes the best satin. And then I made for my dad. And when my dad is a quality person, he dresses well. Like he's just so if he gives approval, he's my he's not my target market, but he's my target feeling. So mm. if he's satisfied, I want to elevate people's experiences like that. Yeah. So then that's how the satin pillowcase came about. So that's why it doesn't have design protection or anything. It's not an original idea. Mm. So my only original idea has been the hair ties. So the hair ties also come from that logic of when you tie your hair, your natural hair it snips because of the stocking. So it was like, okay, how do we protect the hair? We line the hair tie with satin. And everyone's hair ties were scrunchies. So I created open-ended ones because our natural hair isn't small. Of course, we're more payable. Uh, so it, it allows that freedom. Yeah. And then even through people commenting and saying they're too short, I've now made them longer. So the constant feedback. Instagram has been so important for me because that's where I get my research. So as a person who's done a thesis, like you said, I'm like, I need to, I, if I were to write a book, I'd write it the same way I wrote my thesis. So you have a note under each research point and literally they have an introduction, then they have a chapter. Chapter two is just your research. Yeah. And then and you don't change it, you transcribe. And then chapter three is your interpretation of everything. And then you conclude, then there's mm. a conclusion. So that's how I work my life. It's mm. methodology, method, whatever. So I, uh, yeah, I can't say it. But yeah, methodological or whatever. So yeah. So I'm then, literally trying to help you and I literally <laughs> can't remember the word myself. So um, it's method basically based. So even that finding those systems, the accounting, the online systems. And also there's a time when I wasn't basing my decisions on data because my uh, management accounts aren't thing. enough. Yeah. yeah. And I met uh, my partner introduced me to a business strategist. He grows businesses for a living. And I said to him, it's too much. I'm depressed. I'm sad. 
Remember that our therapist told us, you need to stop talking about love kings on date night or holidays because you're literally draining this guy. Mm. And like, and my, remember my therapist said, people, when someone loves you, they have empathy for you. But the more you take, take, take from them, it reduces their empathy. Yeah. So, so when they have reduced empathy, wow. it reduces their, their ability to love. Mm. So we need to constantly reserve the person's empathy for us so they can keep loving us. Mm. So by pouring the, my stresses for love kings and my need to find solutions for these problems on him, it was reducing our life experience together. Mm. So then I got a therapist. So then I'd offload more, again, professional. I'd offload more from the therapist and he actually give me solutions because with my partner he doesn't have a solution for every problem so he'd be like I'm sorry babe that it's he so can only hard. empathize yes and then also friends I lost a lot of friends through that as well because I was already talking about this thing I was obsessed with this thing and then I got to a point it's like okay I can't do it alone can't do it with my partner can't do it with my partner and my friends can't do it with my partner my friends um, and my accountant now I need more and more and more support and those are the systems that you build so that your business can grow. With everything that happened when you did uh, the, satin, the satin pillows and then the dukes, yes. what makes you think, let me take on another giant ah. challenge and let me start a product? I, you know, starting a product line, of course, I have the kind of access and maturity and experience that makes it something that I can kind of think, oh, this is where you start, this is where you go. But for someone who's just sitting at home, like, where do you even start to think about the possibility of creating a product? Not only that, an amazing product. Thank Literally you. every Thank single you. review Thank I have you. seen. I actually wanted you to bring for me because someone wanted them, but I'm going to buy them okay. for this person so that you can okay. send to them. Because someone posted on Instagram saying, do you, where can I get a hair product that's going to solve my hair problems and whatever? And literally in my head, it's always Love Kings Thank because you. I know the commitment that you've made. I've heard the story of everything that you've gone through, the people who've told you this and that, but also the exploration that you went through to create this product. What in your head thought this was a great idea after everything you've been through? So I've, I've always thought of it, but not in the, not in the sense of I'll do it. Mm. I would just think of it, this product sucks. This product is amazing. This person is so smart for creating this product. What in this product ingredient list makes this product great? But I didn't know that that was research for my products eventually. So for me, it never occurred to me because I didn't feel like I had to solve that solution yet. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So it only came to me so weird. So this one wasn't passion driven. So this one was driven by pure business. But it, that's what happens, mm, right? It's over time. Mm, Literally, definitely. that's what happens over time. Definitely. I recognize even for myself now that I'm very clear about my purpose and the work that I do, but my my decisions are informed by what is going to take the business forward. And there's a balance, right? So yeah. maybe some, sometimes some of them will be gut oriented mm. or uh, passion oriented. Some of them will be uh, technical or prof uh, professional will tell, give you guidance. So I was doing a consultation with this pr uh, business um, person and then for his strategies, he was going to take equity in Love Kings, 10%. And I was so happy because I got to a point where there was nothing more I could have done for Love Kings. I, can't, I can keep posting pictures and videos, but there's nothing um, that will contribute to the growth of Love Kings that I could give it. And it got to a point where it's, when you can't give your business the strategy it needs, then it dies. Mm. So if you're not growing, you're dying, even mm. as human beings. That's actually another thing that my partner's therapy said, therapist said. So, um, okay, so now it's like I go to him and I'm like, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm flustered. I don't, and now obviously I've got the other solutions, but now the problems keep coming, like you said, every day. So he said to me, you've got no business um, plan. 
that's the simplest way to, to, to we think we're doing here's another story of people lying not lying but there's just so much misinformation so I said I need a business plan right mm. and I did like a one page business plan back in 2016 like when the Saturn pillowcases came out but that was every year you have to renew your business plan yes but there's a business plan when you're starting a business and then there's a business plan when you are two three years into the, the cycle of a successful business with high, with revenue or high revenues or whatever so he said um, I, you need to create a business plan. Then from that business plan, you have to create a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet that informs all your decisions. You can no longer make any decisions based on you. Yeah. All your decisions have to be based on information. And no one is smart enough to know all the information in their business from the top of their head. Mm. So you have to put it down for yourself in a spreadsheet. I didn't create that spreadsheet. I don't know the formulas. It's locked. So he created a spreadsheet for me through his knowledge in five years at JP Morgan uh, in America. Like He's got a lot of experience. So he created the spreadsheet for me. He locked it. I just I just put in a number. If I've got, let's say, 100K to restock, I'll put in 100K. It gives me all the values. You need this much material of pink, yellow, green, and it tells me how much my revenue will be, how much of that revenue goes to VAT, how much of that revenue goes to salaries, how much of that revenue has to be reinvested. And then he said, okay, this was like beyond, blew my mind. So he was like, looked at my stats. I gave him access to my Shopify, my Google uh, stats. One of the most important things you can do for your business. Before, I wasn't paying for the most expensive plan on Shopify because I was just like, yo, I'd rather stock. But, mm. but then my partner said, no, pay for the expensive one. That's why they charge you for it because it actually helps you. With the data, mm. the analytics. Mm. But I didn't know what to do with the data. Mm. And when I'd ask people, they'd be like, data is so important. But they're not telling you. It's like, <laughs> What you balance. can do with yeah. it, yeah. So then... Um, so when I started getting the, I was getting the data for a year already, but I wasn't using it because I didn't know how to. Mm. And everyone just tells you, you can use the data, but if you don't know how to. It's useless to you. Literally. So then eventually, so I was so happy. I was like, him telling me to activate the data then was preparing me for that moment. So opportunity meets preparation. Yes. So then when he wanted my data, I had a year of stats because I'd been paying for it. Mm. So anyway, Shopify stores it. So when you're ready, you can it activate it. It does expose it, you to it. You, yeah. So he looked at the stats and everything. And then he said, um, businesses that last and businesses that people invest in have high returning customers. Your returning customers has to be more than 60% or more because um, then you can do projections. You can't do uh, financial projections for a company if you don't have a returning customer base. Because your products are so high quality, people are buying once in two years, so people aren't coming back. So you need one product or a few products that finish every month so as to generate returning customers or your business will have to close. And I was like, people don't even know why their businesses are closing, you know? Mm. And then, um, so he said, literally, you've got like a year, two years to create a product that thingy or your life, product lifespan will die out. It wasn't as harsh. Probably I recreated the words in my mind. So then I was like, okay, cool. I don't want to just create products. I'm a person who creates for purpose. Yes. I'm a person who creates from purpose and I'm a person who needs to understand the basis. So I wasn't going to create products until I had an aha moment. Mm. But now most of my time, my downtime, is spent exploring the option of why am I creating, how, what am I going to create. So initially I thought, okay, the most problematic situation is moisturizing. Mm. What can I add to what's existing? And then I thought that. And then I remembered uh, my book. There's a book that I love called Marketing with Strategic Empathy. And it says you create, like, it goes back to the Duke thing. The Duke was created because of that book and Kier Tembi's guidance. Not yeah. guidance, but hint, like the clue came from Utembi. So it says sometimes as business owners and people that have a business, we create from our point of view. No business grows and lasts if you create from your point of view because you are you arrogant enough to think that you know it all, yeah. right? So those comments and those DMs then came in handy when people were like, we want dogs, we want dogs, um, because it, it was telling me what, the, what to 
um, have empathy for. Mm. So people were telling me about the hairline. So, and that was the number one most spoken about topic. And there were clues here and there. My mentor, she found a gene that makes black uh, people more susceptible to hair loss. But at the same time, we also braid. And, and I don't even know what, what the genesis. I haven't read her um, thesis on it, her paper on it. But um, I realized, okay, black women are mostly struggling with uh, hairlines. Giving them a moisturizer and a sealant is going to completely overlook or not empathize with them. So how do I draw their attention and then give them what I want, mm. right? Then I was like, okay, cool. I need to come up with the best um, a hairline solution. I looked at all the hairline solutions in the, in, in the market. And I, at the time, I hadn't seen any serums. And I remembered I had a skin transformation during lockdown. And the things that helped me the most were serums because they penetrate. I remember. I remember. Yeah. So I was like, how is it about, this is skin, right? Yes. I remember asking, this is skin and researching. And they're like, yeah, this is skin. So the problem is not the hair. The problem is the skin. So then I was like, okay, cool. And the follicles. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's create um, a, a serum uh, that goes deeper. Because usually people were doing like um, oils with actors. But oils don't, are sealants. Like from my then seven-year journey, I knew that oils were sealants. So then I did a serum. And then the serum initially I'd wanted a certain active but that active was already in the in the space and people I mean dermatologists prescribe it so it was, it was going to be me uh, taking not taking but sitting on top of like an existing story and then the, for the first time I had the opportunity to create my own story educate about my own thing so I, I decided I decided to choose two actors Capilia Longa and Bicapal that are not like known and I, that also gave me content creation opportunity yeah so how do you create for something that's already out there mm. you're gonna copy paste but with your thing you have to actually think from scratch and, and educate yeah obviously it's not my thing they trademarked and patented uh, formulas but then i added it to my formula mm. so the hairline serum has been the winning product that's going to finish every month but people are going to come back because it's working for them yeah they're just going to come back jay so when i had that aha moment about that product that's when i knew i can create products before it was always like these products suck. These ones are great. It was never me. I can create a product. Yeah. So it came from that initial nudging from the business strategist, and then um, the the then me finding the right way to approach creating products, which was the highest uh, problematic area in black women's relationship with the hair, which was the hairline. Mm. It affects their self esteem the most. And you find that a lot of women are dependent on weaves, or I was dependent on braids for a long time, and the dukes because. My, my hairline was also bad at the time. No one believed me, but I've posted the pictures and they still don't believe me. But the, my hairline was, was affected by the braiding all the time. We don't understand how the lube closes. The lube closes because you think you're choosing a certain thing, but the choice is actually being made by something else. And I stopped mentioning weaves and relaxed hair and braids. Okay, braids I can still mention because those are still seen as ethnic. But I don't mention things that people will think that I'm judging them because they're not natural. Yeah. Because that was also another information point on Twitter. If you're a natural, a person known for natural hair, if you mention um, weaves in a even the tiniest bit negative light, you'll be seen as judgmental. You think you're better just because no, not everyone wants natural hair. Also, our hair is nice under our weaves. Who do you think you are? Mm. And then they overlook the, the, the purity and the genuineness and the message. of the, yeah, and obviously my delivery is not always the best, but I never knew, I thought people, are, I'm so sure that I'm such a pure person, I didn't know that delivery, I need to re, 
I need to convince people online that I'm great. Like, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because one of my guests actually mentioned, uh, said something about hard people mm. and how you walk into a space with good intentions mm. and having good intentions does not always mean not that enough. they will be received in a good it's way. Enough. You know, I absolutely, you know how much I enjoy talking to you because I'm literally exactly like you. Mm. I'm always trying to solve uh, problems. I'm always trying to figure out how do you build a business that's sustainable? How do you build a business that, that, that that outlives you, you know? Mm -hmm. What does a gender woman look like a hundred years from now? Mm -hmm. What do we need to be thinking about? How do we need to be thinking? You're so more hectic. It's always stimulating. <laughs> it's always stimulating. <laughs> because, you know, it's so funny. I came across um, a, a, a paper or a report that spoke about how the Chinese do business mm -hmm. and how they, they never start a business just for survival. For wow. them, their business integrity is closely linked to legacy. Wow. Once they attach their name wow. to something like that, they have to really commit to seeing how this. it lives beyond that. Wow. So for me, because I've done business, I've dabbled in business for a very long time, in, in Selling Agenda Woman, of course, it was very purpose-driven. It still is. But when I go into my strategic pain, I always challenge myself, what does this business look like? Can this be a legacy business? If we have this problem right now and we know that it's going to take a very long time to solve it, how am I building this business to outlive me? And I remember reading about Jack Ma and how every meeting is recorded at Alibaba. Wow. Every single meeting, every single meeting room. Can you imagine that level of Every single meeting room has a video wow. because they want to be able to look back at data, those videos, look at that, that data, understand how those decisions are made and everything is stored wow. to exist beyond the current wow. reign. So the reason I get so stimulated when I speak to you is because you speak a similar language around doing business right. But beyond that, you are not obsessive. You know, you are very passionate, but not obsessive. And people can mistake passion with obsession. You are very intentional about your downtime. And I found that that for me was, uh, you know, if I had to marry you, it would be like, okay, she's super ambitious. She's going to get stuff done, but I'm going to get time with her mm. as well. If I had to think of you as someone who mm. I would have been choosing as a mm. partner, that's something that just appeals mm. to me. You know, people who understand the importance of working smart, and living well. And you are the epitome of that in how you live your life and how you run your business. But I want to understand with everything that happens in your downtime, and even when you are maybe in these peaks, what rituals have you cultivated to ground yourself? So funny, I'll tell you a joke. My sister always says, oh, rest queen. Rest queen. <laughs> and then, um, so there is like sort of a, um, a, a group. I think the group that was raised by the baby boomers which is you guys. Yeah, I think, yes. Yeah. We're the millennials. Yeah, so you guys are anti-rest, kind of, because, I don't know, you're the elder sisters, the elder brothers. My brother gave me pocket money throughout my varsity, so if he was, when he was resting, then I wouldn't get pocket money, so they can't rest. Yeah. So for us, because I never had to, I gave back to my parents, but not as much as they had to. I remember my sister telling me she had to sacrifice travel because she had to give back to my parents. I went to Thailand first year of working. So um, I'm a, I come from a different generation, and yeah, it's not often understood, but I think the positive side of it is that I understand that I'm a thinker when, and, and I'm an introvert, right? So if I spend too much of my time with people, I get drained. Mm. And then when I'm drained, I'm unable to think. Therefore, for me to think, I need to preserve self and I need to be at rest. I read a book uh, by Oprah and a child psychologist. And I think that's the book that this came from. But humans are meant to, are meant to be at rest. We're supposed to preserve energy. But the world that we're living in now, we're constantly having to make 
um, survival decisions. So it's like flight or fight. So back in the day when, obviously I wasn't there, but this is my naive um, uh, thinking of it. So hunting season, right? You'd hunt once in a while, then you'd hunt enough food to sustain you. And then you, the, 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 I don't know, like the community or the family would be at rest for a while until that, uh, pres um, not preservation, but that, Offering was finished, the mm. food and all of that. And then even we are Massimini or whatever, getting water, you do hard and then for, for, for supply, right? So then for me, I realized when I was going, going, going for that two-year period, uh, the Duke period, the Bonnet period, I was completely drained. So yeah. it took me about eight months to rejuvenate from that kind of mental exertion. So if you're, like I remember in the book, they say, do you know why you get so tired from a day at the airport? not just steps it's because from the time you leave your house going to the airport flying getting to the place where you're going to you're constantly making decisions and your mind gets tired from the flight or fight flight or fight yeah you know um not flight or fight. i remember i forgot the i think it's three words that you keep choosing so for me my downtime i'm not making any flight or fight decisions mm -hmm. i'm not making any survival decisions i lay on my couch and that's when my mind works best yeah so i've got like periods where i'm thinking it's downtime downtime and then when i'm in my active time it's action mm -hmm. so i'll do like now i've done so much pr in this week because i know that i'm going to exert myself pr wise and i'm also making same minded decisions i'm getting dressed i'm doing makeup i'm going to talk about my business once i'm done with that phase i can do that excellently and then next week if i'm focusing on content creation i'm focusing on content creation and then the week after if i'm focusing on meetings then i'm going to do a meeting with all my suppliers once every day then i'll meet with my accountants for the first day meet with my um my my formulator the next day who also packages and packs my product then i'll meet with my packaging people then i'll meet with everyone because i know i'm in that cycle of thinking yeah. and then um, the fourth week, then I'm, then I'll, I'll have like a seven week plan, and then after that seven weeks, I cannot anymore. I'm mm. exhausted. Then I need downtime to rejuvenate and make my mind think again, and then so that's how I work. It's not always straightforward. It's not always eight months. It's not yes. always one month. So it's 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 cyclical. Mm. Cyclical. Sorry. Cyclical. You're right. Yeah. So, but the the dance. I, uh, there's a thought that I had, and now I've forgotten it. Um, yeah, I forgot, but it'll come back to me. <laughs> I think you know. It's, it's extraordinary how you continue to build your business. Thank you. Um, I think you must literally think this girl is always complimenting me. Is she even honest? Because I, I literally <laughs> do it all the time because I want you, even in, in those moments when you are in doubt about, you know, your, your capability to always know that you, it's, it's much, you ask 10 steps ahead of mm -hmm. uh, your peers Thank you. um, and people who are competing in your environment. And for yeah. me, competition is, is normal. It's an, I mean, if you are going for the same audience, then that person is by virtue your competitor. And it sounds like, you know, it's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of um, analyzing life and analyzing information and data processing. I want to know, Sinovuyo, when you started the Dukes and Sinovuyo today, how do you work smart today? With all the information you've gathered along the way, what does working smart look like for you? For me, I've realized that I don't know it all. I've realized that uh, only working from a point of passion is a lot of naivety. So I've learned a better balance between passion, information, professional, um, getting work, I mean, help from professionals, paying professionals, how much it costs to get, a, like, how much it costs per hour for my lawyer, how much it costs for my accountant, how much it costs for, to get the products. And um, I said, I'm more informed. Yeah. I know more. Um, I know who to trust. Mm. I can't ask 
just anyone about a business plan because I realized people don't know how to create a business plan. So I actually paid someone to create a business plan for me, the more intricate one, because it needs pre um, projections. It needs all these things that I don't know how to do. Mm. So um, I'm a person where now I've prepared, I've done pitch um, thingies for funding. I've, I know what an annual financial statement it is. is. I know how an annual financial statement helps my business grow. I know that it takes about 20 years to grow a business to a point where you just have 3 million rand sitting around. Yeah. And then people think that just because you're selling so many ducks and bonnets, you should have 3 million sitting. No, because every single day I've got more demand than the previous day. Mm. Sometimes I even hold back marketing because it's like if you're creating more demand, you don't have money to satisfy it. Mm. What are you even doing? So um, I just know more and I create from a place of knowing, not knowing, I create from a place of being fed knowledge yeah. or like more real knowledge, yeah. not passion or airy or I don't know, yeah. content creator. Data. Yeah, data. I create from data and information. It is. Uh, a lot of successful businesses are really data-driven businesses. I had a, an opportunity to speak at Vodacom the other day and uh, one of their constant conversation is they look for people who are data-driven and obsessed about their business. When they hire, those are the two re like prerequisites. When you step into the room and you say you want to work for the organization, are you data-driven? Are you obsessed with Vodacom? I think I can't end our conversation without asking the next question because I believe that you have found harmony between your work and wellness. And I use the word harmony because there is no balance. You know, at any given day, you are exerted in one direction yes. and not the other. And I always encourage people to, to go to this experience in that manner, where they recognize that this year you might have a month of downtime, 11 months of working. But in a different year, you might have six months of downtime and six months of, of working. All of it is about staying present and understanding what you need when. How does Sinovuyo live well? Sinovuyo lives well by lying down a lot, <laughs> just chilling a lot. Uh, Sinovuyo lives well by understanding uh, projections, like uh, living according to projections of even my personal life. Like, what do I want to do? Um, if I want a baby in three years, what would it take me now to have the baby in three years? Um, what would it take me to have a 20-year business? What would it take me to have a lasting relationship? So I plan ahead. I do. I think I said this in our last um, Agenda Woman Engagement. I need a five-year plan, but at that time, I didn't know what it takes to have a real five-year plan. Mm. So I live well by planning ahead, having yeah. a, a six-month, one-year, and five-year plan. And I, can, I, I already know how much downtime I can possibly have as, as six months in advance. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's yeah, planning it sounds very still technical. It's not airy-fairy. I but totally get it yeah. because a lot of our downtime is strategic time. Yes. And I think people don't understand that. So when you talk about, you know, you need to have a planned downtime, it's because when you're not doing, you're thinking. Yeah. And often you can't do exceptional thinking when you're doing. So it's important to reserve your energy, to preserve your energy, to come back to self and really um, recontextualize what it is that you're trying to do or how it is that you're doing with the new information that you're getting. And I could speak to you for hours and hours and hours. I absolutely enjoy it. It literally feels like how I feel when I listen to Malcolm Gladwell oh, and uh, I love it. I'm He's listening like to Revolution, Revolutionist History or I listen to uh, How I Built This by Guy Raz. Just the, the amount of detail that you go into, that you pay attention to is, is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank I you. wish you 
continued success, wealth, so happiness, much. love, everything so that much. you wish for yourself. Thank you so I much. Uh, think you're a gift to a, a lot of people in the way that you're changing people's lives Thank by so changing way, the way that they see their hair and the way that they see themselves. I think there's so much you're still going to offer the world. And you, so you know I'm always cheering for you and rooting for you. I appreciate you your so time. Much. I love you. <laughs> this was so good. Um, actually, parting um, statement. It's a closer proverb, actually. I don't even know if it's a proverb or whatever whatever but like it, it feeds into what you say how do i live well there's a closer saying that says in right mm. so i used to think it's so silly like oh patriarchal but it makes so much sense now like they're saying or in your downtime you're also thinking yes so it's but it says in daughter it should say umto reacting i love it absolutely yeah. love it that's so powerful actually yeah right yeah and it actually came to me now because i've always heard it but i was like oh that's living well that's true yeah thank you yeah. so much for your time thank you so, so good.